They put out and said, this is the way we do stuff. We took each of the cannons. We had the Nike Creed, which came from the Council of Nike. They also put out cannons for rules. It says, this is how things must be done in the church. Right? And some of those are really like doctrinal, and then others are really disciplinary, like appreciate the drunk. Put that in the church game, right? You shouldn't be a drunk to be a priest. Does that make sense? And so, a judge king establishes law. He governs by law. Also, uh, church laws on my mind. I, I, I want to become a canon lawyer, but I really need to go to London or Rome to do that. I'm sure we don't have sponsors for that. But, Trinity Seminary is offering class in January, one class of canon law. I already signed up for Hey Long. Hey Long, I'm going to be a study canon law for a couple of days. So I have part of what I was thinking about law. So, we, we recognize that the king is the judge, right? And that's the place in our gospel reading today. I have a gospel reading with the king giving judgment, right? Um, also, the king, importantly, is one who has power over life and death. A part of the king's judgment is that a king, a monarch, can penalize someone with death, right? They have power over life and death. Now, I love your attention now because of the second reading. First uh, Corinthians reading was actually about Jesus Christ's power over not only your vigil, but he gets rid of God, so he's death himself. That he and his person defeated death. That's what we're doing. So Jesus Christ is king because he reigns, establishes the law of the scriptures, the commandments of the universe. He is also king because he and his person has power through the life of death. He has defeated death. The third thing, a king, rightly so, is someone that is very good king. You owe your allegiance for fidelity. Right? So if the king rules, and the king is a good and righteous king, it is wrong to try to overturn the king. Right? Morally, that would be what the church teaches. In fact, you know, St. Paul says that the government is established by God. So the government is righteous. We are in the devil. Well, this became a problem in early Christianity. Because when you get afraid, afraid for the law of the Testament, that you should recognize that phrase is Jesus is Lord. Why would that phrase be a problem in your church? Because that phrase is in direct opposition of the legal phrase, which was, Caesar is Lord. So when, she, when Christians proclaimed Jesus Christ as Lord of the universe, guess who that was in opposition to? Caesar, the emperor. This becomes very important, and I've talked about this before, but it's important in the context of Christ and King and in the context of our law. In early Christianity, you, in early Rome, you could, who did Rome worship as a god? Caesar was a god who was worshipped as divine or Well, they had their god. Who did Saturday named after? Saturday. Saturday, right? So the day they were named after the God of the Lord, the Greek, and Roman saying God. So in Rome, you could worship any of the gods, all the gods, 
But you couldn't be accused. You couldn't deny all the gods. Right? So I talked about this before. The early Christians were killed. One of the charges against them was atheism. Because they denied the God around. They were atheists, according to the month. Interesting. So that's the thing about the early Christians we call atheists, right? The other thing you could do was deny to worship Caesar. Early Christians couldn't worship Caesar because he worshiped the one God. And he is our king. And so, this actually became a huge controversy in early Christianity because every year you had to go to an altar in Rome and you had to offer a grain of incense. How much is a grain of incense? Not very good. In fact, we got some up here. You didn't like my incense. I didn't plan on illustrative purposes, but we got one, so I might as well use it. This is a grain of incense. And so, I don't care if you. Or any Roman citizen, you go to the altar, you would offer a grain of incense to an image of the emperor, and you would give a certificate that says you are a good Roman citizen. You pay your taxes and you worship Jesus. What happened if you did do that? You got killed. And now here's the problem. I'm sorry I'm rambling, but I, this is important. So what do Christians do? Some of them die. Others say, well, I don't really mean it. I don't really mean it. I don't know about that would say Jesus, I didn't really mean that. And then others say, you know what I do? I need to find that thing to fix. I need a black mark to fix. What's the problem? Christianity is not simply about either the outward appearance or what the Jews believe. It is always an everywhere above. This is why it's a struggle. Christians cannot offer incense to a false God. Christians cannot participate. It's something that I'm going to try to And this is important today as we come more into the time. The scriptures teach that the time is coming when, and I don't know if that's my life content, you must know that the time is coming when the government to Christ will be not tolerated in our culture, in our society, in our world, and that we will be called to offer influence to all God. That's what but the fact is, your allegiance will be challenged. And the answer to that in the scriptures is fidelity to Jesus Christ above all. Jesus Christ. And so all I want to say to you on the Jesus Christ thing is that this is a decision about who we are and how we live. That it lived rightly. I know it's not sometimes. It lived rightly. Maybe that we joined the march. That's how they got there. Right? To bear fidelity to Jesus Christ and above everything else. Even one little grain of incense. That makes sense. That is what Christ is thinking about. Where does our fidelity lie? The second thing is that we see in here in this reading, we have the king who comes and he sends his angels 
And they separate the people into what that The sheep and the judge. Don't want to be a judge. Now, the first thing I would say about that is, so the king is, in fact, the cause of judge. He does. Right? He has the right and the authority to judge. And then they will separate the people. And this is classically in Christianity. What is referred to as the four last things. Do you know what the four last things are? Death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Okay? And so the four last things mean this. If I'm standing here preaching, and I say something wrong, and I die right on the spot, I have died, I will immediately face judgment for God. My personal soul will judge, and I will go to heaven or to hell. If I'm lucky, they will quite live up to them. I'm in purgatory for a while. That's okay. You don't take that. So, I'll take your head. So, we will be judged, and then, as the culmination of the age, the end time will be the final judgment in which all people are separated from righteous and the unrighteous, the sheep and the goat. This is what we call the four last things. Death, judgment, heaven, and heaven. Every soul must say, including every Christian soul. And so when Jesus talks about the end and the judgment to come, we need to be aware that that includes all people. That includes us. We don't get passed on our final judgment because we want to be there. And we don't get passed because they don't want to be We will all be judged. Now, he separates the people into the sheep or the goat. So I want to point out quite simply, there is no third path. There's no kind of Christian man. There's no, you are a sheep and you are a goat. And so Jesus talks about, uh, and anybody who gave this comparison, right? Like we all love the fourth Sunday of Easter is Good Shepherd Sunday, right? We have these beautiful readings from John 10 about Jesus Christ as the Good Shepherd. But he says an interesting thing when he talks about uh, his role as shepherd. He talks about protecting the sheep. What is the king protects, right? He protects the sheep from the wolves. He also says, though, that his sheep know his voice and they will not follow the trees, right? So to be a sheep means that we have Jesus Christ in them. Doesn't mean he went to church one time. Doesn't mean he said a prayer one time. It means that we know him, and he knows us. And so we should examine ourselves in our lives and say, Do I know him? Do I know his voice? Does he know me? Right? And, and what's that voice like? Right? So before we get to communion, figure out the heart of the sheep full of death, right? So we can fix that. And so the final thing I would say about this is this sermon, this meeting today, often becomes what I call the social worker function. And here's why. Jesus separates the people of sheep and goats. And how are they judged? By their actions, right? They're judged by their truth. By their work. Those who are in the sheep category, they clothed the naked, they fed the hungry, they visited those in prison. 
Now, in the church, in the context of the church, we have two different types of works of mercy. We have spiritual works of mercy and corporal works of mercy. What are the spiritual works of mercy? We pray for people, right? We use spiritual things for people to have and serve in ways that are spiritually oriented towards offerings for people in that day. The corporal works of mercy are feeding the hungry, clothing the naked. Bearing the dead, right? Work that we do. Those are corporal works of mercy. And so, what often happens is people get up and they preach this and they say, well, it really doesn't matter how religious you are. What really matters is that you feed people and that you close them. And that's true. But it's not the whole truth. And here's what I want you to understand about this passage. There are two categories. The sheep and the goat. To be a sheep does not mean you're a social worker only. And so what I say to you is, many of the goats were also social They fed their own They closed Many people do good things who don't belong to the good shepherd. You understand what I'm saying? You cannot replace spirituality and worship of Jesus Christ the King with doing good stuff. That being said, guess what the sheep also are? The sheep are also not somebody who went to church every Sunday and do anything. The sheep are not somebody who said a prayer one time in 1945. The sheep are those who live the faith, the same So the social worker sermon is not the entire truth. The just believe in Jesus is not the entire truth. When we stand before Jesus Christ as our King, and we are just, we will be judged by our faith and our work. This is what I want to understand. And Christ, who is the righteous King, will judge us based on our fidelity to the kingship. And that has to do with our heart, and that has to do with our hands. And those who are the sheep live their lives with spiritual works of mercy and corporal works of mercy. Let us strive to be found among the sheep. Let us worship Jesus Christ with our hands, and we are the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.